Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Before we download today's podcast, I want to remind you guys, marchforcancer.org. It is coming up May 19th at D.C. Alexander Park on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Please get out there, guys. Marchforcancer.org, great cause, helping people who are in the fight for cancer right now. Um, all the money that is collected from this goes directly to them. It's not for research. It's not for finding a cure. All that stuff is fantastic. It's necessary. But Marchforcancer.org is a great event that allows us to help people who are in the fight right now with financial burdens they may be facing, with assistance that they may need, food they need to get. This gets the the necessary resources to those people directly. So marshforcancer.org, go out there, 5K walk run. I'll see you out there. Please come say hello. Um, if you can't, if you want to just register, five bucks, ten bucks, please do so as well. Marchforcancer.org. Also much appreciated, much needed. Let's get to the show. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. All right, welcome on in, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you for the next couple hours as we will go all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. I don't know why I'm going to be here for a couple hours. Next hour for the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. And maybe it's I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little delirious from yesterday. I had a wild fishing trip, which resulted in a uh, a car dying afterwards, and then we had a long fight night. So it's been a, it's been a weird 24 hours for me. But I'll get into more of that uh, tomorrow afternoon and the with uh, with Leroy and Beast. I want to get into what went down yesterday. Triple G, Gennady Golovkin getting himself a second-round KO victory over Vanis Matarazin in Los Angeles. Um, easy performance for him. He looked a little bit, a uh, little, little bit tight in the first round, feeling things out. Got a uh, got hit flush as the round was closing out, and his uh, his trainer told him, "Hey, man, you got to loosen up a little bit, loosen up a little bit." And he did in the second round. He, he was getting his uppercut off very easily and and pummeled motorizing it was it was it was quick work after that and he gets back into the ko column i think Gennady golovkin needed that and this has been an interesting saga for him you know i think this can get lost a little bit amongst the boxing fans because it was weird i felt like Gennady golovkin was almost treated as he was treated by the media I felt a little bit like he owed people an explanation for why he was fighting May 5th um, between the guys he wasn't fighting, mandatories that he wasn't fighting. And Triple G was just out there saying, hey, man, I just want to say active. You know, this this wasn't my choice to pop for PEDs. This wasn't my choice to withdraw from the fight. And it wasn't my choice for the commission to suspend him. I didn't ask for any of this. He said he would have fought uh, Canelo Alvarez, even if the test did come back positive. It wasn't his his idea to withdraw from the fight, and it wasn't his idea to make Canelo inactive for six months. But 
all of those things happening, I could see why Gennady Golovkin got pissed. And so he's going to go in there, get some work in. Was it against the finest opponent they can find? No, man. But hey, the fact that he still wanted the show to go on after putting in a full training camp, that he wanted all his train to count for something, I, I get it. And maybe this is a little bit because in boxing, they're not quite as used to, well, the opponent pulls out and then the, usually the cards just canceled and that's it. We have nothing, we, we figure it out months down the road. You know, and in mixed martial arts, they're much more prone to fights, just guys stepping in, short notice, switcheroos, uh, guys missing weight and still having to step in, guys dealing with all, all that stuff. It just feels like there's a lot more turnover. When the plans go wacky in boxing, it's, 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 it's hard to get the, the thing corralled. And so Triple G went in there and he beat a guy he's way better than in easy fashion, did what he was supposed to do, um, was still able to sell out the building there in Los Angeles, pleased a lot of fans, and you could tell that the fans were not happy with Canelo Alvarez either. As soon as Max Kellerman brought up his name, they're not pleased with where he's at. Now the question becomes, will they fight? Because Triple G said this week that there's a 10% chance of it happening, that he wants stipulations, that he wants Canelo Alvarez to really, really prove that he is clean, even though it does seem likely that Canelo Alvarez did inadvertently ingest this substance. Gennady Golovkin wants to he wants he wants to have some have some proof. And I can understand why Golovkin is upset because look, yesterday he made it was reported million dollar purse. And they were saying this on the broadcast yesterday that if he would have fought Canelo, possibly they would have made 20. So you're talking about a a 19 million dollar mistake that Canelo Alvarez cost him on top of the fact that we're coming off a fight where it seemed like Canelo Alvarez got the rub of a dirty judge. It does. And maybe you want to say it's an incompetent judge or whatever, but the scorecards in that fight were out of whack in favor of the A-side fighter. So I can understand why we're at this point with Gennady Golovkin where he's just like, bleep this, man. I'm going to fight who I want to fight. I'll clean out the division. But I don't want to hear from Canelo's side that he's scared. I don't want to hear from Golden Boy that Gennady Golovkin's taking these. This is not Gennady Golovkin's fault. It's not. Whether I, I think it's a big deal that this stuff was ingested by Canelo or not, not his fault, man. Not his fault at all. I know you guys are trying to do right by your guy, and I know you guys are trying to make things as easy as possible to get Canelo back, out, back in the ring, and that's your job, and we want to see Canelo fight again. But don't put any, any inkling, whisper, murmur, anything on Triple G for his courage, when he wants to fight, who he wants to fight, mind your business. Because right now, you don't have an active fighter. So only one guy showed up for the biggest date in your countryman's boxing fanhood, and it wasn't Canelo. It was Triple G, the one who still made the show go on, the guy who still made the walk yesterday. So I don't want to hear from Golden Boy, and I quite frankly don't want to hear about the media complaining about who 
Gennady Golovkin was fighting. He wanted to go put on a show, put it on put in an entire training camp. And for people that are saying he's just doing it for a paycheck, all right, he's doing it for a paycheck. He's doing it for a much lighter paycheck than he would have gotten if he would have just waited out and fought Canelo. I think he probably could have gotten shot some Tecate commercials and gotten that same paycheck that he got yesterday. Which, by the way, I mean, geez, is that what HBO really pays these days? For a guy of Kennedy Golovkin's ilk? That's crazy to me. Barely a million? Less than a million? That's That was that was strange to see. Because Kennedy's always been good, good on ratings. I mean, not the biggest pay-per-view draw, but he's always been a draw for people to go on premium cable. Always has been. But I, I just found... I found it discouraging yesterday. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of blaming of the guy who was actually in the fight. Oh, it was a squash match. Oh, this was a joke. Oh, he was fighting a tomato can. Not his fault. Not his fault. And this idea that the IBF they wanted him to go fight a mandatory. Hey, you got if you're not gonna do this, go fight your mandatory. What? Find my mandatory on two weeks' notice. Find my mandatory on, on two, three weeks' notice. Okay. And, and who is he? I don't know who he is. Oh, we're going to take your belts away. Really? You're going to take my belts away? My belts that nearly got screwed out of this by a judge and because another guy doesn't know what kind of hamburger he's putting into his mouth, I get my belts taken away. It's, just, it's a messed up situation. It's a messed up situation. It's a messed up way to treat a guy who's doing everything right in this regard what, what what is that okay so let me get this straight you want him to go fight a guy who you deem more worthy on short notice rather than he gets to fight a guy keep his belts or put his belts on the line and then maybe have your belt be something in the biggest fight of the year when these guys fight in September, if they fight in September it was, just, it was a weird move by the IBF and but it was weird, it was also weird by Media members who wanted him to bend over backwards to please the IBF. IBF, WBA, WBO, WBC. All these things, they're just alphabet soup, man. Nobody cares. You know, we see this one as, uh, as, as, more, as, as more legit than the WBC, but we see this as more legit than the WBA or the WBO. Who cares? It's the problem. It's the problem with boxing is that you have all these belts pulling guys in different directions, derailing fights because of stupid mandatories. You know what you should want? You should want your fighters fighting in the biggest fights to make your title seem more legitimate. Not because somebody's giving you some sanctioning fee or going out there and, and pleasing your rules or your flimsy stipulations. So it makes it seem like your belt has some kind of rub on any event. Not that it gets lost in the shuffle. The fact that you're attached to a guy like Gennady Golovkin should speak to the, the fact that your belt is legitimate, and that should be good enough. Not to fight some guy here on these stipulations, on these rules. Same thing with the guys trying to do this with Deontay Wilder. Anything the WBC is doing that's, that's not pushing for him to fight Anthony Joshua is stupid. The fact that you want to fracture off a heavyweight title even more, having to fight Dillian White or whomever he's going to fight, Pulev, get the hell out. This should be... I should have the WBC, WBA, WBO, IBF, all of them coming together, all of them coming together and saying, all these sanctioned bodies coming together and saying, we want the fight to be Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. We want it to be for one lineage, one true champion. But no, 
they want to have their letters on different events scattered around to make it seem like they got some kind of importance. So the fact that the IBF, go, you know what? I know Triple G wants ski balls belts. Don't man, nobody cares. You're the champ. That's all there is to it. Go out there. You say, here, you want this W, you want this IBF? You want to take my title? Here, take that title. You know what that means? The IBF doesn't count as the middleweight championship anymore. Bye-bye. That's it. I would have said, kick rocks, IBF. Oh, 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 okay. Let me get this straight. You think you make the title? Not the fighter makes the title? No, no, no. Bye-bye. WBC, why? Because you make your belt awesome and green? Look, that's a beautiful belt. I would love to have one on my mantle. But what, you're going to throw a t-shirt on me so you think that that doubles up? And why do they have to throw that stupid t-shirt on everybody with the WBC on every time? What, you think we don't realize what the belt stands for? Why do you have to dress up the fighter like it's a costume party afterwards? The WBC with your fake money belt from McGregor versus Mayweather. Oh, this belt is worth $3 million. It is because it looks like it's worth three cents. Looks like you got that thing down at the thrift shop. Looks like you got some kind of two-bit blacksmith and Davy to put that together for you. What are you talking about, man? The mandatories, the mandatories. You know what? You should mandatorily beg Triple G to keep that belt on his ways. He had so many belts in there yesterday, couldn't even keep up with it. He looked like a Brinks truck trying to strong-arm him into fights on two weeks' notice because Canelo Alvarez doesn't know what kind of cow he's ingesting. Get the hell out of here. We should all applaud Triple G for wanting the show to go on because enough boxers out here don't make that want to happen. Enough promoters certainly don't make that want to happen. He does. And every boxing fan should be like, you know what? Pretty awesome I got to see Triple G step into the ring last night. Was it against the best competition in the world? No, not his fault. And, I, and, if, and, if, I, and if I'm him and I got fights down the line with Canelo Alvarez, Jamal Charlo, hopefully Billy Joe Saunders... I got to worry about what the IBF is thinking. IBF should be sending him some some arrangements, floral arrangements, that he could even afford to have the IBF in that cluster of gold yesterday. He looked like King Tut. Nobody should be strong-arming him. IBF is the most legitimate. Get the hell out. You're all the same. Until you guys merge and you make a boxing champion, that's it. Until we go back to the days where it's the one ring magazine Lydial champion, get the hell out of here. You're telling me your belt's more legitimate. It's all made up. WBA, super belt, interim belt, regular belt. They got three versions of one belt. That already has three versions of another belt. Boxing is so weird with that regard, man. And all the media acts like they know what's more legitimate. What has the right standing? What has the true meaning? You don't know. You don't know what these cockamamie rules are. Purse, purse bids. You just make it up as you go. Who are the stars? Who are the people getting your clicks? Who are the people tuning in? You don't, you don't give a rat's ass what belt seems more legitimate. No way, no how. Gonna tell me one second if Anthony Joshua took his dong out and whizzed all over his belts and says, guess what? It's now the Anthony Joshua Championship of the World. Any of you would bat an eye? No, you're still tuning into his next fight. You know Floyd Mayweather basically did that, right? Oh, belts, belt schmelts. I'm Floyd Mayweather. We'll make up a belt. WBC, here's a check. Make a belt that's for $300, but call it for $3 million. We'll call it the money belt. What was that belt they had on yesterday? The Cinco de Mayo belt? 
thing looked like it belonged in a Corona ad. What was that? It looked like they got that, they got that thing at a tacky gift shop. The, the Cinco de Mayo Championship? No, who cares? Just add it on to the mantle of gold that Gennady Golovkin has. At least they're giving him stuff. They're not trying to take stuff away. I'll give him that, uh, that kind of props. Oh, man. I don't know why that got me so fired up. It just annoyed me, man. Like, everybody's coming out of yesterday like, oh, squash match. Squash match. Good Eddie Golovkin. How dare you? How dare you get in, some, the, in the ring with somebody way better? You should be fighting somebody just as dangerous on, on a couple days notice. What? Hey, hey, I, I didn't test positive for, for drugs. You know that, right? I was the one who got screwed the last time, and I'm the one who was clean this entire camp. Why is anybody mad at Gennady Golovkin? Because he knocked somebody out. You weren't entertained by that? Kind of cool to see Triple G knock somebody out again, wasn't it? Wild and weird. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on the ticket. Tobin here with you. We'll go up until around 11 o'clock today. Want to mention this in a couple weeks. We've been talking about this for uh, a little bit now. March for Cancer is in two weeks. It's going to be Saturday, May 19th at DC Alexander Park right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. You got March for Cancer 2018, May 19th. It starts at 7 a.m., bright and early. It's for a fantastic cause. You know, there's a lot of great causes that go towards... Um, research for cancer, ways to cure cancer, ways to fight cancer, all that stuff is tremendously, tremendously important. But there's a lot of people who are dealing with cancer right here, right now, who are in the fight of their lives. They don't have the support they need. They don't have the funds they need to get through this battle. And so what March for Cancer does is it helps make money for those people, those people who need help with their bills, need help to get to their treatments, need help to fill their cupboards with groceries because they don't have anybody there. You know, this is a battle that a lot of people who are who have to go with, into this fight with cancer, some don't have the support system that others do. And so with March for Cancer, it helps those who need that support system, who need it right away, who need a helping hand to, to get them through this because they're never going to have a tougher fight in their life. So if you go to marchforcancer.org, you can register there. You click on the register button. It's as easy as it gets. Marchforcancer.org. Click on the registry button. It's a 5K walk run right there in Fort Lauderdale Beach. It's a beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. It's a great way to be with friends, family. Uh, if you have uh, survived, if you have family members that are fighting right now, if you have family members that have survived, um, this is such an amazing event from a community standpoint because it's a heavy topic that we're dealing with, but... Uh, every time I've gone for March for Cancer, participated in March for Cancer, it is so uplifting. It's so uh, it's so powerful to go there to see all these people come together who have been through something together, or just want to be part of a community that um, needs help and needs recognition that they need help. March for Cancer. All this money that is made from this goes directly to those types of people who need their lights kept on, who need groceries for their kids, who need just to be able to get through this so they can survive this and and beat this. And so it's a it's a great event that SEMA and Tommy Guns put together. You know, it's very personal because SEMA has, you know, survived brain cancer and it means a lot to them. And that means they don't they don't uh they don't cut corners on an event like this. Like they they put their heart and souls into it and you can tell. And you can tell that it, it comes through every Saturday that they do the, every every year that they do this. Um 
and and it seems like it just gets uh it gets bigger and better every single year so highly recommend it if you guys want to find a way to help uh marchforcancer.org if you can't make it you can donate there as well uh, any amount helps but um but i would love to see you guys out there look out for me i'll be uh, huffing and puffing on fort lauderdale beach gotta get my uh running up i've been running lately uh so i'll get it my cardio right but uh either so maybe you guys can slap slap me in the face with some water as i'm there on fort lauderdale beach on saturday may 19th uh saturday may 19th a couple weeks away 7 a.m right there dc alexander park right on fort lauderdale beach hope to see you guys there marchforcancer.org get on out there check that out it's uh it's really really uh a great event can't speak of it highly enough uh, people need your help it's a great way to help um and it's also it's a it's a good way to spend your spend your morning on a weekend i really i really believe that i think you'll feel more fulfilled afterwards um other events that we had yesterday moving back to the fight game you had cecilia breckis she had a unanimous decision win over kylie reese very close fight reese put her on to the canvas at one point uh this was the first broadcast of a women's fight on hbo which i found really surprising i, I kept looking at that like it was a mistake i was like really that's that's the first time that they've ever put on a woman's fight on HBO, the flagship. And it was strange for me for a couple reasons. Um, one, I don't find women's fighting to be this great novelty anymore. You know, it's kind of just there, the norm. And again, I think this is a, a boxing MMA thing. The, the fact that I like to follow them both and I don't really have a bias towards one or the other. I just enjoy both sports. I'm not one of these people that's in the camp of, oh, I'm a boxing guy. I like them both. Um, so that's why I found it so strange. It's like, man, really? And the other thing I found weird about it is because Showtime has been showing women's fights. Not only that, they've been invested into young female fighters like Clarissa Shields, like Katie Taylor, who are fresh off the Olympics and have really been invested in watching them grow from the start. So they're invested in them as a brand from a very, very early time. You know, Cecilia is 36 years old. Um, which I would imagine means she's probably not going to do it for much, much longer. But it was almost odd listening to it. I don't want to rip them too much because I feel like I get on the broadcast too much. Um, and I know it's a hard job, and I think I think those guys do in relation a good job. But it was strange hearing the HBO crew yesterday almost talk about them like they're aliens, you know? Like, it was, it was like... Jim Lampley's like, huh, I tuned in last week to this women's fight and crazy. They have two minute rounds. I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of the deal. That's, that's what they do. Um, so you could just tell it was so fresh to Jim Lampley as it was. They had this weird debate about the gloves. Um, and then debating about why women like heavier gloves and, and, and normally a man, a man wants little gloves because a man wants to inflict damage and a woman she doesn't want big gloves. she doesn't want to inflict damage I'm like i'm pretty sure they all want to win um you know just so just odd stuff that they just kept stepping in because but it only i think the reason it felt so odd was because hbo acted like it was so new and i'm like women's fighting isn't that new and the reason i also found it weird was you know, you've had tremendously famous women fight Layla Ali, Christy Martin, Ann Wolf. You've had some very prominent names, names that have been featured on HBO, on different programs of HBO. So I find it almost weird that they never thought, hey, you know, this would be kind of a cool thing to do. And I hope that they do it more. Uh, it was a fun fight, close fight yesterday, a dramatic fight. Breakers got put on the canvas at one point. 
And I hope they go more with it. I, ho I hope that we see more of, of women fighting on HBO because they got to get with the times, man. It's not that weird anymore. Like next week is UFC 224. And we got Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington for the Bantamweight Championship. Amanda Nunes is, uh, is, is on a roll. She's got a chance to keep racking up wins and, and maybe start pursuing Ronda Rousey's record of most title defenses by a woman. And I think that's kind of cool because she's beaten Ronda Rousey, so she may have an actual claim to the throne of being the greatest female fighter of all time. I know Cyborg has a pretty big stake in that claim right now, too. But these are just weird. Like, what I mean, it's, it's strange hearing HBO talk like that. Um, even with UFC being new, Ronda's been in the in the vernacular of MMA fans now for six years. Um, Gina Carano before that, Cyborg versus Gina Carano way back in uh, when I was in college. So it just it hasn't it wasn't and that was on a huge stage too. That was on Showtime, I believe, on Strike Force. Um, was that even on CBS? That might have been on CBS. I think I think Gina did fight on CBS on Elite XC. I might be wrong about that though. She did, right? Yeah, I think she did. So, yeah, I guess just seeing HBO treat women's fighting like it's so new and it's not was a bit head-scratching, but I hope that they keep doing it because next week we got Amanda versus Raquel. We got Mackenzie Dern taking on Amanda Cooper. And, and you know, you talk about Mackenzie Dern like she's going to be just like a top young prospect like anybody else. You don't say like, oh, this is this weird novelty. We have this lady. She's good at fighting. Um, and with Showtime, too. Showtime was so great at hopping on the Clarissa Shields train and the same thing with Katie Taylor. So it was uh, it was interesting hearing that new perspective, new old perspective yesterday from the HBO crew. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. I don't I don't usually do this because I I I have gone away from this heavily of rooting against for fight uh rooting against fighters. Um as I've gotten older, as I've gotten to know more fighters, I just feel weird doing it. I'm not gonna lie though. Uh watching David Hay get knocked out uh pleased me greatly. I'm not gonna lie. I can I can't I can't shake that one. I still am uh I'm I'm still upset about what he did to Shannon, stiffing him like that. Uh Shannon the Cannon Briggs is our boy. And watching David Hay uh, get dealt with by Tony Bellew was quite fun. Um, I, and I know he probably wasn't 100% healthy on his leg, uh, that he was still recovering from that Achilles injury, and, you know, he did the best he could. And the last fight, you know, he showed a lot of toughness going as long as he could on that torn Achilles. Doesn't change the fact I like seeing that guy get beat up. I, I, can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. The, like, he did, he, he did our guy dirty, and I liked watching him get beat up. I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for that. I'm really not. So Bellew though, very impressive. I was surprised about this. You know, he had the commentator ask him about what he wanted to do. He's very emotional. You know, he won yesterday. His brother in law had passed away, I guess, in August, and so he's very emotional talking to the Sky Sports reporter. His name slips my mind. Um but he was talking about how he doesn't really know who to go with yet. Doesn't have any great idea. He'll, t he'll fight whoever. He did throw out Andre Ward, which would be kind of cool. He had two of the, the co-stars of Creed. I thought it was uh, interesting. Um, Antonio Tarver 
put on social media afterwards or put on it before actually that he won the winner of this fight he's tired of being frozen out um but i actually think it would be kind of cool if we did antonio tarver against tony bellew and i know antonio hasn't fought in a while but then you'd have like the main bad guy from rocky balboa taking on the main bad guy from creed i think that'd be kind of cool and i think size wise it makes a lot of sense the one thing that bugs me and there's another thing like there's a lot of things in boxing i wish they would pick up from mma and mma is not perfect but i feel like mma treats their legends a little bit better than boxing does or lets them age gracefully a little bit better than boxing does like it's one. it's like whenever a boxer starts showing that they're not quite as good they want to kick them out the door and they're good enough to win fights and be entertaining and we can have some fun like not everything not not everything you have to protect the fighters from permanent cte and, and permanent damage like some fighters are good enough to go out there and win maybe they're just not good enough to go and beat the elite guys anymore and roy was saying this yesterday roy jones was saying this yesterday about cecilia where he's like yeah she's uh oh no he said about triple g triple g is like yeah triple g's uh triple g's 36 but he's an elite fighter so it's a different 36 i think roy jones makes a good point if you're excellent in your prime, a different level from the guys who are also in their prime, you're going to be at a different level at 36. I think that makes perfect sense. And so I like seeing the fact that Antonio Tarver wants to fight or Shannon Briggs wants to fight or that Roy Jones wants to keep going. I do respect it because I understand them wanting this identity for a long time in their life. Some of it does end poorly. I'm not going to act shameless in that where I do know that some of these guys can get slurry and sound punchy but also it's a tough adjustment man that's another thing that people don't realize is that you think that it's so easy when the lights go off that ah these guys will pick up and they'll just find something to do immediately no a lot of them are are uh, have a lot of money a lot of people in their pockets promoter money taxes um management money and you not and 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 also not the greatest knowledge of how to deal with whatever's left over. And so you have all this life in front of you with hopefully a small fortune that you're able to deal with, or maybe it's not even a fortune. Maybe it's just a good salary that now has to spread for six years, 10 years. And that's not always the easiest adjustment. So not everybody, you know, not everybody can go be a commentator. You know, some of them, I can't even believe who are commentators that are commentators, you know, like even, even as many jobs there are, let's put them all out as like six, six X fighters can get gigs. Two of them are excellent. Two of them are probably terrible. Two of them are fine. So it's tough. It's tough to let go. And I do think that, you know, people scoff at Bellator for giving, the Frank Mir Fedor or the Grand Prix. I'm like, yeah, I kind of like it. I dig it. What, what's wrong? We saw these guys fight for 40 seconds. You, you didn't love that? Frank Mir versus, or Frank Shamrock versus Hen, uh, Hoist Gracie again? Yeah, it was, what was it? It was a round? Big deal. It was fun. What's, what's, so Antonio Tarver wants to fight Tony Bellew, Creed on Rocky, Mason the Line Dixon versus whatever the hell Tony Bellew's name was. I forget. It, it escapes me. But uh, whatever it was, I'm into that. That'd be fun. Now, it's not likely. If we're going to talk likely fight, I'll tell you a fight that I do like for Tony Bellew. I like it to see him fight Tyson Fury. I like to see him fight Tyson Fury. 
go, both great talkers. I think it'd be a good lead up. Um, Tyson's kind of on the mend. I think he would take that fight before he gets into the lion's den of Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, Tony Bell, you are boys. I think it'd be a, I think that'd be an interesting matchup if we're going to talk things that will probably actually happen. Um, I think that'd be a fun one. And I think Tyson would sign up for it. Cause I think he sees a oh, little guy. Um, I could definitely have my way with him. And you know, Tony probably looks at it. And he's like, Tyson ain't the hardest fighter in the, uh, ain't the hardest puncher in the world. So, uh, you know, other than getting around his massive reach, let's, uh, let's make that fight happen. We're talking a lot of boxing today. Let me get into a little bit of UFC. You got some uh, news and notes here. Um, we have some drama building in the lightweight division, which is the best division in UFC right now. Nate Diaz, the UFC is reportedly, was reportedly trying to get him set up for UFC 227 in April. Ariel Hawani came out with this report. Berto Komodo came out with this report earlier this week. Now, since this came out this week, Dana White has shot this down. He has put some water on it where he's like, yeah, there's not really anything to those reports because we offer Nate a fight every three to four months. But this is the only thing I would say to that. If that is the case, that means that maybe they have offered him that fight and maybe the reports from Ariel and Brett are coming from Nate's side and Nate is more interested in coming back. And I think that's the real question here. I think the UFC will welcome Nate back with open arms. It's just a question of will Nate get a matchup that interests him? And Kevin Lee has really been strong in throwing his his uh, his hat in the ring to try and get that. I'd be into that. Nate Diaz versus Kevin Lee. Uh, again, two guys, uh, good bleep talkers. And interesting style. Inter interesting style. You got long, lanky Nate Diaz. Big, lightweight if it's at 155 uh, against Kevin Lee, who's also on the brink of being a lightweight not just in stature but actually in weight because uh he missed weight for his last fight and you know he's been louder than anybody saying he wants a 165 division i would be really into that matchup i think that'd be a lot of fun the other lightweight matchup that is trying to get done but seems like it has some real roadblocks is eddie alvarez versus dustin poirier too these guys in a, in a no contest they're in that little trilogy of lightweight contenders right now we call it the not connor trilogy where we know if connor comes back he's fighting Khabib. but if not connor it's either got to be eddie alvarez dustin poirier or kevin lee i personally have poirier atop the rankings right now because he hasn't had a title shot he hasn't been in that mix um and in my mind was beating eddie alvarez before the illegal knee came to fruition so i got him slightly ahead of eddie um kevin lee i think is the most interesting matchup of the three because of style because of versatility um but he did miss weight now look i consume a lot of mixed martial arts media nobody has held him to this at all like nobody cares that he missed weight so i don't think it's going to weigh very heavily into him getting punished regarding a khabib fight at all because it, it seemingly nobody's brought it up it hasn't been a thing um but just in my mind if we're going to talk about a three-way tie and i have a champion who's had trouble missing weight and now i got a challenger who has trouble missing weight feels like my odds are doubled a little bit of both guys making it to the cage so that's that's it is something to me it's something 
Uh, and then you got Dustin Poirier, who's just been winning, winning, and winning. And, you know, is is always he's he's the nice guy of the group. And it's tough for the nice guys to go get their title fights. So what did he do this week? Well, he's been campaigning to, campaigning to fight Eddie Alvarez. Fight Eddie Alvarez. He thinks if he gets that fight, no way he can be denied. And I don't know how you can't respect that from Dustin Poirier. A fight that he you know, easily could have avoided because he's like, look, we did this, man, and, and you cheated in the fight. But no, he wants to make that fight happen. Here's the roadblock. Eddie Alvarez uh, has one fight left on his deal, and he's telling reporters he's not going to fight until he gets a new deal. Now, I this is a little bit weird. I've heard this before with fighters, but this is more usually a thing you hear like with NFL coaches or NBA coaches who don't want to go into a lame duck year. I've never heard of a lame duck fighter because I got a hard time imagining Eddie Alvarez isn't going to have offers. A lot of the times fighters want to fight out their contracts so they become free agents. He doesn't. He wants a new deal before he fights again. Now, that could be because the other option is Bellator, and we know that him and Bellator have a checkered past. But that is with an ex-promoter. It was Bjorn Rebney at the time. It wasn't Scott Coker. So I don't know if it's quite the same, but I can understand why Eddie doesn't necessarily want to go there. Uh, he wants to stay in the UFC, and he wants to get to... He wants to get he wants to get paid more, I imagine. Um, so that's a curious thing. I really would like to see that get settled because I'd love to see Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez again. I think that would settle a lot of things. To me, though, if you're going to talk about what is more of a number one contender fight, because I'm imagining both Kevin Lee, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, and then Nate Diaz, if anybody comes out of those fights. They're all going to think they, again, have staked to the number one contendership if Connor doesn't come back. But who really would deserve it? To me, it would be the winner of Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez. I mean, Nate Diaz, God love him, still in the rankings. He doesn't fight, but he's still active in these rankings. Now, the problem is, I got a feeling business-wise... Kevin Lee versus Nate Diaz is going to get a lot more attention than Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier, a fight we've already seen that ended weirdly. So I feel like the public momentum will be behind the winner of Nate versus Kevin if it were to happen, even though I think more deserving on merit would be the winner of Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. So that'd be an interesting thing to check out. Next week, we got ourselves a hell of a slate as far as the UFC is concerned. We have UFC 224 from Brazil. And we got ourselves a main event of Amanda Nunes taking on Raquel Pennington. Uh, Raquel's tough as hell, very well-rounded, but I got a hard time imagining that Amanda Nunes is going to be stopped by her. I just think that she's on another level right now, so I'm going to go with her. This one, I think, is the fight of the night, though. Jacare Souza versus Kelvin Gastelum. I have a hard time calling this one. Jacare is so great. He had a great comeback win after his... Uh, his loss to Robert Whitaker, where he blasted Derek Brunson. Kelvin Gastelum, obviously the weight stuff is always a concern with him, but this is that middleweight, so I think he should be fine. Um, the problem is I don't know if Jacare is going to stand with him, and if they get on the ground, you know, Kelvin's such a great wrestler, but Jacare is you're talking about the, maybe the best submission artist in all of mixed martial arts. So I'm leaning towards Jacare in that regard. I'm going to go with Jacare to take that one. Mackenzie Dern taking on Amanda Cooper. Uh, to me, I think Mackenzie Dern, they want to put a lot of momentum behind her. She is got the possibility of being the next real women's star in mixed martial arts. Dynamic submission artist. She's fighting in Brazil. 
um, where her parents are from. Can't imagine she's going to lose that fight. John Lineker versus uh, Brian Keller. I'm going to go with Lineker. Dude hits like a Mack truck. And then Vitor Belfort in his last fight is taking on Leota Machida. This is a tough one. Um, I got a feeling that Vitor, as Vitor has been, has got about a, a two-and-a-half-minute window to rush through Leona Machida like a Ferrari. But if you try that, Leona Machida could step back and crane kick you right in the face. Um, so I feel like if Leona wins it, Leona wins it ugly. If Vitor wins it, he wins it very quickly. Ah... Uh, I'm going to go with the storybook ending. Let's go with Vitor. Let's go with Vitor to win that fight. And then next week on ESPN, hell of a fight. We got ourselves King Mo. I'm sorry. That's that's a Bellator. Next week on ESPN, we got Jorge Lawrence versus Vasily Lomachenko. Lomachenko has been making pit people quit left and right. Guillermo Rigondeaux. We haven't heard from him since he fought this fight, which is crazy to me. Um, an amateur like him, the fact that he mentally couldn't go on because... Lomachenko was such a Rubik's Cube in the ring. I'm going to go with Lomachenko, Nomashchenko, keeping it going. And then finally, next week, we got Bellator, which is King Mo versus Ryan Bader. And the winner will move on in the Grand Prix. I'm going to go with King Mo to win that fight. How about that? How about that, Beast? You guys can listen to Beast. It's coming up next. He'll take you up until 1145 to Kane's Baseball. Everybody have a great Sunday. Talk to you tomorrow. Before we get out of here, guys, going to end this with some speed bag. New segment I like to call speed bag. Going to try and get some quick hitters out here as uh, there's a lot of news and notes. Sometimes I get wrapped up. I get three segments on Fighters Fury, and I don't get a chance to touch on everything. And there's a lot of news and notes that happen. So um, here's what we got for speed bag. All right, let's roll through this. Remember Ronda Rousey's former gym? They kicked out YouTube boxing reporter Eli Sekback over comments that he made about Rousey in the past. This sucks. Uh, I don't like this move that's happened with Rousey in this part of her career. It seemed like she finally found happiness with the WWE stuff. She's opening up more about it. We had the controversy this week where she said that talking to me is a privilege and that she felt like that privilege was abused by the media. I do think that she was overexposed a little bit, so I can empathize with the fact that Ronda did have to talk more than anybody else. Um... But that's just the thing is, you know, like dealing with losing is you have to deal with haters and you do have to deal with um, people being negative towards you. So not only does she admit that she had a problem dealing with losing, but then she realized that other people have no problem dealing with your losing as hard as you're having. They're so easy with it. Um, but I don't love the fact that they're kicking out boxing reporters with an event that has nothing to do with her just because her trainer is training this guy. Just let the guy do his job. That is his job. His job is to commentate. You can't have guys act like mafioso members keeping people out of the gym. That's that's absolutely silly. Um, I do agree that sometimes fighters go as far. This guy, I mean, like the the guys that Eli goes and and uh, that Ellie goes and and covers. I mean, he goes from everybody from the big names to the little names. So, guys, a guys a, a grunge worker working really really hard. He's not doing stuff just to get buzz and get clicks like he he's in every single corner so i didn't like hearing that roger huerta he signs a long-term deal with bellator kind of cool to see took the benson henderson fight on last minute notice so it's good to see that roger huerta is uh, gonna get some more run tyson fury he's gonna have ricky hatton in his corner for his junior fight uh ricky hatton has had ties to tyson he's been training at his gym love to see ricky back in the sport it's good to see it and it'd be good to see him on a big platform like 
the Tyson Fury return fight. Uh, and finally, this one is a, kind of a co-story together, and that is that Zufa Boxing, according to Kevin Ioli, is close to signing WBC champ Mikey Garcia. Uh, Kevin Ioli said that he spoke right with Dana White and says that he's close to closing a deal with him. So Zufa's going to have their first real big name uh, attached to their boxing promotion, which is really cool. Mikey's an amazing fighter. Um, all I want is to see if Zufa, Vox Zufa Boxing is going to be willing to work with other guys. Um, because on the other side, there's Oscar De La Hoya teased this week that he is doing a mixed martial arts promotion. And there's some ties with Chuck Liddell there. So there's a couple things here. One, Oscar De La Hoya is starting a promotion with Chuck Liddell. And I love, I want to see Chuck return. I just find it weird that it's going to be with Oscar De La Hoya, who I don't know is going to work with anybody else. I don't know if usually mixed martial arts promotions kind of stay within themselves. Um, so I found that a little bit odd. If I had to guess, though, who is going to be more successful in their venture, Oscar with MMA or Dana with boxing, I'm kind of going with Dana versus boxing just because I feel like Dana is more willing to just get the deal done, whereas Oscar is going to be things that he's not really realizing where here's what i mean okay so with mma i feel like mma is more used to dealing with the chaos than boxing is boxing it feels like if one thing goes wrong things get derailed man the the littlest things glove size uh commentators every little thing is a headache with mma this is all just it's more inclusive it's not exclusive as far as the commentators trying different things. If a guy can't fight, they'll find another fighter. Guy's more willing to step up. Um, there also usually is more fighters missing in MMA. So maybe that is a culture thing where um, boxers will always go to the ring and rarely miss weight where it's really, really rampant in boxing right now. But I do think Dana's a little bit more scarred up for starting something up than Oscar is. Another thing is, you know, Oscar didn't really reinvent the wheel. He, uh, it is great that he had such success as a boxing promoter, being a great boxer. But boxing promotion has been done. You find some fighters. Um, you get big name fighters. I think with Dan Dana is, you know, along with the Fertitta brothers, created something kind of up from the roots, or really took took a, an idea from the roots and grew it to a crazy level. So I feel like he could do it again in boxing. That's just my opinion. And I feel like it's smarter making your first signature signing a guy who is among the best pound for pound fighters on the planet rather than Chuck Liddell, who is not fought in how long has it been since Chuck fought eight years more. Um, that's just how I see it. That's our speed rat. That's the speed bag. Um, I'm going to try and do that after each show of stuff I don't get to just a quick rundown, quick synopsis of uh, stuff we missed, but I want to get my opinion on everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Love you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.